when I did my self-empowerment training uh, 20 years ago, I remember going to my parents' house for dinner after, and I sat in that room, and my whole family was there, and I looked, and like, they were different people. I was sitting in a room with different people. Nobody did any work except me. And it was just like, how are all these people so different? I was like, oh, because I healed something in me. This is I Have My Reasons, a podcast highlighting stories of human resourcefulness, resiliency, and innovation. I am your host, Deandra Day. On I Have My Reasons today, we have Corey Erlinson. Corey is a life coach, breathwork practitioner, co-owner of Breath Integration Coaching and Training Center in Kamloops, BC. He's a husband and a father. And today, Corey's going to talk about his journey to where he is at now, both professionally and spiritually. He's going to talk about his experience parenting his two boys and how that has impacted him spiritually. And he's also going to talk about the concept of higher self, acceptance, forgiveness, and so much more. I hope you enjoy. That's awesome. So nice to have you here. Very uh, excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. I feel like it's been like a year since I've seen you. Yeah, it probably has at least. Yeah. At least a year. Yeah. Because when did we do that training together? That was like two years, was it? Yeah, because I was just pregnant with Joni. So it was the last time I saw you was July of last year. Yeah. So what's new? What's shaken? What is new and shaken in my world? Lots of... uh, I guess not a lot of new, but lots of, I think there's lots of excitement uh, in my own life, just in, I think in my practice and what I'm doing and uh, yeah, in life in general, I think I'm excited about life. So cool. <laughs> yeah. that's awesome. Can we yeah. talk a bit about your practice? Because yeah, I, I mean, sure. I know, I know that you are, are you part owner of the Breath Integration yes. Center? Yeah. So yeah. I'm partners with Lynn Aylward. Yeah. 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 And so I know just, I actually only know a little bit about, right. I know that you do breath work yes. and know that you guys run lots of different workshops, but I personally want to know more about what you're doing over there. Right. Okay. So, well, it's Breath Integration Coaching and Training Center. And so I have a private practice where I work one-on-one with clients. Um, and then we have the training center, which uh, we offer a a six-month self-empowerment training every year. And then within that self-empowerment training, we also train other practitioners to uh, support that training. So people that want to become a breath practitioner, we train them in that as well, which that's actually starting in like three weeks. So it's pretty, that's pretty exciting. That is exciting. The rush of, you know, bringing and pulling a training together. And Lynn has decided to pull back on teaching this year. So a bunch of the teaching loads kind of going on me which I'm excited for. I feel like I'm ready for, but, uh, yeah, so it's a big, uh, it's a big energy to hold and a big, uh, event kind of that going into Like once it's locked in and loaded, it, it naturally runs its course, but the buildup to it is uh, always really exciting. And so that's called the self empowerment training. And essentially it's designed to empower the self, right? (laughs) That's how you explain it. And really, um, through breath work and then a bunch of different modalities of, of counseling. I think the root of it is that we use that connected breath method. You have a breath integration group session every single week. And, uh, when I think of what that breath does is it's a, you know, I always explain it as a form of meditation. Um, it's like, yoga it's like that union with our higher self it's a connection to the place where we're not our body we're not our mind but we're like the infinite we can connect to the infinite being that we are 
And so the, to me, it's like this little portal place that allows us to, you know, uh, speed up our own healing, get beyond our ego, beyond our conditioning, beyond all the things, the ways that we limit ourselves in our life. Uh, it's like our little access point to it. And, you know, there's, yeah. So, okay. So I have a question though. Yes. So with the breath work, the work that you guys are doing, are they big sessions? Like we're talking about an hour long breath session. Yeah. It's about a 35 to 40 minute where you're actually doing the breath part of it. And so when people do that yeah. for 40 minutes and you talk yeah. about connecting with your higher self, yeah. is it like, do you just get into a different state from? Yeah. Like I, that, that's the best way I could explain it. Like what you're doing is, uh, you're, you're super oxygenating your cells. You're dumping all the CO2 out of your body. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's definitely some physiological things that are occurring, but what also happens is our mind can relax and, uh, and we get into a, like a mild form of hypnosis kind of. Wow, and, cool. um, so I think like the best way I can understand that because I've, I've been doing the work for 20 years myself. And if I think of like, what have I done consistently for 20 years? Well, every two, three weeks I've had one of these sessions and, um, you know, it's, it's for me, it's been such a pivotal, uh, piece in my own healing and my own growth. And so, uh, and what I get to see with the people that I work with, like sometimes I'll work with someone one-on-one -on -one for a year two years, then they'll step into the training and they, and it just kind of like fast tracks everything that they've been working on because you're just, you're just immersed in it. You're mm -hmm. immersed in, you know, there's the, you know, you've probably done group work where you see the power of when we come together as a group, you know, the, the healing transforms so much quicker. Yeah. And, um, so I wish I knew exactly what occurs in that, with that breath, but I, I just know it. It's a, it's a way that that access point kind of opens up to, you know, maybe it's our subconscious that we, we get to kind of go from being the programmer. We actually get to change the program that's running oh, cool. on a quicker, uh, you know, sped up pace so that we can experience more joy or more peace. I also think of it like this, you know, the self-empowerment training is like spending five months where we basically just injecting love into our life, you know, rather than focusing on, you know, uh, diminishing fear or like, it, it's really not fear focused. It's more focused on injecting ways to find self-acceptance with ourselves, ways to be compassionate, ways to have love for ourselves. And as we inject that, there's only so much room within us, right? And so something has to go. Mm -hmm. And what happens is a lot of that fear-based uh, thinking or the conditioning starts to dissolve. And then ultimately we feel more free to be who we are in our, in our life. Yeah. That's so, that's so powerful. I mean, mm -hmm. So, and you see change with people like you've yeah, been, so how long have you been co part owner of breath integration? So I did my teacher's training in 2007 and it was, I believe 2008 was the be the beginning of, uh, when Lynn and I ran our first training. So, you know, it's been over 2000, so it's been 12 years or wow. 13 years. And you've yeah. been doing this regularly. Yeah. And so in the, probably the first six or eight years I had my, uh, construction and excavation business. So. Lynn took the majority of the work on and I would, I worked out of town a lot or what, you know, so you I, were in construction. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's had, a huge shift to go from that to holding space and doing self like yeah. for new people, <laughs> self healing. <laughs> it's a dramatic, it's the two dramatic ends of the, of the spectrum. Right. And so I've been doing it full time for, uh, about four or five years now that, but, but yeah, in the beginning that was, I owned this construction business and I would work out of town a lot. I'd come in and for different parts of the training, but I'd never actually been there for the whole experience until about five years ago that I committed to just 
one career. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. really cool, Corey. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I was thinking when you're talking about the breath and what mm-hmm. happens, I focus a lot on the nervous system. That's yeah. a piece that I'm personally really interested in. And I've been doing a lot of research and training around how do we regulate our nervous system and then the nervous system's impacts on mental health. Right. Um, and so when we are talking about breath work, my mind goes to, well, yeah, I'm sure that we're just like calming the nervous system, right. which helps us move out of that space of analyzing, being on alert, being in yeah. this cognitive space that we can actually be in ourselves and our bodies and right. start to think like, oh, what is it? Who am I really? And what is it that I really want out of this mm-hmm. life? But we can't get there unless we feel safe and yeah. regulated. And yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's that the, the breath is such a beautiful regulator, right? Mm-hmm. It's just so. And when we breathe properly, you know, because through trauma and stuff, we learn to just breathe at the top half of our body. Right. And when you breathe like you see your daughter, she probably when she's breathing, her belly button's going in and out. Right. Yes. And same with both my boys. They have this full breath. And when we connect back to that, it's just this natural like calming that occurs within us and then from that state is yeah you're right where the healing can actually start to yeah occur right and we can't get there if we're being programmed by or we're being run by our trauma or we're in yeah. a state of trauma all the time right. i even think about for me since i've become a mom my breath I, i've been connected with my breath as a yoga teacher um but becoming a mom when in my breastfeeding journey i struggled yeah. with breastfeeding for the first four months, like really, really struggled with it. Yeah. And I didn't have enough milk and my letdown wasn't coming. And then it was like one day I realized I'm not really breathing. Right. Right. Cause it's such a stressful situation. You have all this pressure. pressure. You're not sleeping. Yeah. yeah. It's first. And then I just really, and still to this day, if I'm not having, you know, the letdown's not coming, Joni's not getting milk and I'm like, breathe Deandra. And right. then I take one breath and boom. <sighs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so that's been the biggest evidence to me like how mm-hmm. impactful our breath is yeah I'm like yeah. wow one breath and then and then my milk flows it's and free it's, yeah. yeah and it's that's crazy. so interesting how we you know so many of us walk around through our life with that half breath and then therefore everything we're doing we're actually not present with it because we're we're held by our stress or by our fear or whatever it is yeah yeah wow i i've had one breath integration um, session with yeah. a practitioner in town yeah. years ago. And it was, and I don't know if they were trained through you guys. Uh-huh. So I think it was breath integration, but, um, it was like a 40 minute breathing, like circular breath. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. 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 And when I started, there was a lot, it was quite a bit more dramatic than it is, uh, than it is now. It's a, it's a very much more gentler process than, what, even when I started doing it 20 years ago, and I don't know if that was just naturally how it's shifted or what, but um, yeah, there was quite a bit of dramatics when I first started doing breath work as well. Like, whereas I would say it was crazy, you know, yeah. <laughs> whereas uh, not often are the uh, sessions, you know, in, in what we do now, it's not quite as crazy, as dramatic that, as it used to be, I guess, is the or the way that I even learned how to do it, mm-hmm. it's quite a, quite a bit more gentler process. But Which is probably better because, you know, our systems do better when there's, you know, a safety, a gentle... Yeah, and so that was what, uh, you know, we've connected with Lynn and myself, um, my teacher, Susan Hunes, the, the um, shifting it from that, like exactly what you said from getting i think it used to be a little bit more dramatic and there was a lot of fist pounding into the into the mat and and hollering to let things go but it also when we're in that 
activated state, then we're, you know, we're in a stressed state, right? Mm -hmm. And so our focus is more so to keep us out of that stressed state and, and surrender deeper, you know? So, so cool. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing that I feel like it just kind of happened in my life. It wasn't something that I searched or was like made happen. It's just something that occurred. And then for me, as you know, I shared, uh, had that construction business while well, I always felt this pull or this feeling like I knew I needed to do this. It was like, didn't make sense in my head why I needed to do it. Didn't not, nothing logical was happening for me with why I would make that transition. But it was something that kind of, you know, I just felt pulled to, you know, and I never really felt like I wanted to be the owner of the business or even be a practitioner. I just always loved the knowing more for myself and creating more peace within my own self. And then naturally, you know, here I am. <laughs> cool. So yeah. you, you started off as a client or someone who was practicing yeah. yeah, and then eventually moved into this place. Yeah. So my question for you is how did, how did you even get to breath integration? Like where were you before you made that shift? Well, I, what I was, I actually had a friend, like my, one of my closest friends to this day, his mom was doing breath training because there used to be a center, uh, not far from here. It was just like by the continental barbershop. Um, down downstairs, there was the breath integration center. I can't remember what it was called back then. Anyway, um, his mom was doing the work and his mom was, we'd kind of always be partying and we'd be partying at their house and his mom would be hanging out upstairs. And I always end up sitting in the kitchen with his mom talking spirituality and philosophy and all this stuff. And then eventually it was like, well, you should just come try one of these sessions. And, and I was probably about around 20 years old and was feeling, uh, I think I was a, just a little dissatisfied with my own life and felt like I I wasn't in a real awful place, but I really wasn't in a place of peace or I felt like I was missing some understanding, like I was missing something in mm -hmm. life. And so uh, I went and tried a, tried a session and I really didn't even know what, I'd never done any formal form of counseling or anything, but I knew when I walked out of there and it was the after doing the breath, I was like, I don't even know what happened, but I feel lighter and I feel my mind was quiet, like I could hear in my mind for the first time ever. And was like, wow, I, I got to go back and try that again. And at uh, 20 years old at 20. Yeah. Wow, and so cool. then I just kept going back because every time I did, I felt more peace. <laughs> right? And that was when I, I learned, did all my trainings again, was, was in uh, search for more peace or quiet within myself. So, and following that voice, that yeah, and following that, that intuition, that echo that was always saying like, you know, when I was, operating my construction business and really successful at it and I knew I was like okay this is success this is what it can look like and it can grow from here yet I felt really this feeling of uh unfulfillment with it with what I was doing with my time and with my energy and I was like trying to work on like okay it's not about the space you can just change your mindset about <laughs> it you know like and then eventually I was like okay no this feels like prison I have to I have to do something different and so I you know made a pretty big leap when my children were young and, you know, like lots of things didn't make sense as to why you'd <laughs> go like, I'm going to go open people's chakras for a living now. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, oh, you're going to do that. And my parents like, oh, how are you going to pay your bills? <laughs> I'm like, I haven't figured that out yet, but I'm going to go do it. <laughs> but look at you now. Yeah. And then here we are five years later and it's feels like, you know, uh, it just feels, I don't know, it's exciting, you know, because five years later, the business that uh, I feel like before I had put no energy into creating the business or uh, like there was no 
I don't know. It, it just was this thing that was occurring naturally. And now I feel like so, so much has shifted within my own self-acceptance of me as a man and really understanding what, uh, what the power of what we are doing there and then being able to like share that with more people and feeling excited about it. I just feel like we're like at the bottom looking up on, you know, a lot of really wonderful possibility for, mm-hmm. um, just f- for a really fun career and a fun life you know? and creative a creative you know and I never thought I was creative I never thought I was that kind of person I you know I thought those there was that kind of person you know <laughs> and so I never thought I was that person and then I realized oh here I have been that person all along right <laughs> yeah just running a construction yeah. And excavation yeah business which is like that's such as I've already said this but it's such a crazy mm-hmm. contrast to go from yeah. um, construction and labor work yeah to opening people's chakras yeah. for a living and right. as a man yeah. right so I'm, I'm curious I know that so you have a podcast yes or you did yes yeah. yeah I've done it a few times we haven't done it for probably like a year or so maybe even longer than that but so what was the podcast it was it was specifically it was called be a man yeah the be a man podcast yeah and so well you know if you want to go back to the like uh the interesting perspectives of of the two worlds of like this construction world and then me opening people's chakras for a living, uh, you know, the through there, it was such a, like, for me, it was in my mind, I thought, okay, well, I just got to like, it's just like any other business. I just got to put my energy into that business. But so what I'd realized in my own healing journey and my own self-acceptance as a man, that this was, you know, a lot of what was occurring with my construction business was conditioning from my own past, from my own unhealed uh, unaccepted version of myself and that you know ultimately what I could see when I went to go let go of my construction business what I was chasing was actually a relationship with my father through this construction business mm. and was that something he did as well that or? was something that he did right and that was something that I remember as a young man wanting a connection with my father well he was on the road working so I was like okay this is how I'm going to get it is, and this is all not conscious thought, but like naturally a human being trying to find, you know, searching for love or connection. That was kind of the path that I ended up on. And I, and I didn't really realize that until I went to make my career change. And I was like, I was facing all this, uh, self rejection. And then like, you know, the identity as a man and, you know, all the men in my family, they're, Miners, loggers, blue collar, you know, that that's the world we come from. And so if I was to let go of that business, that was a huge piece of my identity as a man of what I was letting go of as well. And then I was, you know, feeling these uh, feelings that didn't make sense for me. Like, whereas when I would um, have to, you know, because the process of letting go of the business was part of like people would call and I'd say, I'm not doing that anymore, you know. And the feelings that would come up for me is like, I'd be worried, like I was disappointing my own father through, and it was like this weird thing that was had within me. I'm like, wow, this is way deeper than I actually thought it was. So I thought I was just changing careers, but really I'm like having to find self-acceptance as a man. Of who you really are. Of who I really am, not who I'm conditioned or who I think I'm supposed to be or what I need to do to receive love or to be accepted. Or to fit in with the family. To to fit in, all that stuff, right? And this is all stuff that I had made up in my own mind, but it it was was unconscious, right? right? It was just, it doesn't show up until you start to make changes or take leaps in your life. You start to realize, oh, there was a reason I was doing that thing. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so, you build that awareness too. Because yeah. that's a big piece. Because we yeah. all, I would say, not all, but a lot of us, when we start on this journey of healing or understanding the self, or you go to counseling, or you yeah. show up at a yoga class, and that ignorance, right? Until you get to that point. And then all of a sudden, you right. start unpacking yourself, and you're yeah. like, oh crap, like I've been <laughs> behaving in these ways because of this or yeah. because of that and we start to develop an understanding but it's right. a, and then it becomes this big hole <laughs> yeah. like, holy yeah. smokes but yeah. until you get to that point so you know people who are listening might think like what we do things based on our family story our family story but <laughs> yeah. yeah you know we the we do things in our lives or make decisions through yeah. these unconscious ways right that are created for many different reasons right yeah. and so when we start to unpack that and you're right mm-hmm. when we start to make changes yeah this stuff comes up right and so that was the echo of the self that i was like following my true self was saying you need to go and do this training you know and i was like i don't know why i'm doing this training but okay i'm doing it you know and and f- continuing to follow that echo of my my higher self my true self the actual person that i am versus you know the world that i came up in or the way i was conditioned because of society that's a huge leap Corey. yeah it it, it was like I remember just like laying at night being like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? What's the worst that could happen? You know, like I'll just buy another backhoe and start another backhoe business. It's okay. You know? <laughs> You're like, okay, I can always go back. I can always yeah. go back. Yeah. If I, 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 had to, I had to go, you know, you know, a lot of people think, oh, how do you think positive? I was like, give me the worst, give me the worst possible scenario, you know? <laughs> and I just had to play that in my mind so that I knew that I would be okay no matter what. But I also knew like also the other worst was to never take a leap or never, never, never do it. And then just get old and be like, oh, I never did that. I wonder what that would have been like, you know. And that's that's really difficult. And, yeah. And that's an important thing, I think, to ask ourselves regularly. And yeah. I understand that not all of us have the privilege to make those big leaps or mm-hmm. um, things at certain times in our lives. But yeah. to ask ourselves, like, what's that thing that I'm not doing? Yeah. That I'm going to be thinking about when I'm 70 years old yeah. that I didn't do. Yeah. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been a fun <laughs> little process, I guess, or big process. It's a big process because I really didn't. That I got, I was so uncomfortable when I made the transition to like not be working nine to five, or well, like seven to six or whatever the construction hours are. You know, it was really uncomfortable. I realized like the, the my biggest challenge wasn't doing the business that I wanted. It was just dealing with myself, not identified as with what I thought I was supposed to be. So that shift in identity, mm-hmm. the shift in your purpose or how you're yeah. being purposeful in society. Yeah. 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 That's so would you say that that was one of the most challenging periods of your life? Yeah. I, I think that like, um, that has been one of many <laughs> challenging places. And I think that really the, the transition point. So when my second son, every, every, like my first son was born and that's when it really started to get highlighted with me. So when Jack was born eight years ago was when I was like, okay, am I gonna, am I gonna tell my kids to follow their dreams while I don't do mine? Or am I going to be the parent that just does? Like, I was like, I know, I know what my dad told me to do and what my dad did. And I did what my dad did. I didn't do what my dad told me to do, right? So, so <laughs> if I'm going to be here telling my kids to follow their dreams, but then I'm going to be like, hey, you know what? This was my dream and I never followed it. Right. Then what kind of parent am I going to be, right? And so then um, after my first child 
my wife Kyla had gone through some pretty heavy postpartum. And, uh, and then when Bo was born, my second child, I, I was in the, it was like, so we did three years, three and a half years with Jack. I was working both businesses, gone a lot. I had this really great contract for my excav- excavation business. But when Bo was born, it was like, Kyla just did a wall. She phoned me one day and was just like, we're not doing this. And I was like, and I knew it. I knew it. I just like shut my back off and I knew that I would probably never run that thing again. Like it was like a turning point in my life. And it was just like, I parked it and never really looked back. Right. Wow. So Kyla, so Bo being born and Kyla saying like this double thing. Yeah. Like she too just, much for the family. It was too much for yeah. me to try and, you know, cause I'd work construction during the day, try and see clients at night. Oh and, gosh, Corey. And yeah, it was, it was nuts. And then having one child and then having a second child and, uh, and Kyla, you know, she, I, I was praying for like the thing that would give me the courage to take a leap, you know, <laughs> and little did I know it would be my second son. That was like, he showed up and it was like, okay. I, I'm 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 ready to do this, you know. Again, it doesn't make sense when you're in the middle of your life and and you know you're uh, you got two young children and you got to spend a lot of time raising them and you know to shift careers and try and start another business and all you know all that yeah. or not start another business but at least try and make a go of a new career in the middle of it all. But uh, it was exactly what I knew I needed and I knew I needed to do. And I think it's interesting because I always used to think of like watching uh caesar milan the dog guy and he'd always talk <laughs> about uh you don't get the dog you want you get the dog you need right and how he's uh what is he doing training people and rehabilitating dogs yeah whatever it is <laughs> it's with our children i didn't realize how much uh how much they are our own teachers you know or they they come into our life to like help us heal again, right? Like every relationship, I believe every relationship in our life is for healing. And so though, when those ones come in, they're like, I, there were lots of things that parents talked about or people had talked about how hard parenting would be. And I'm like, hard, like shovel gravel. I can shovel gravel. That's, <laughs> that's manageable. I can do that. No problem. Hard. I can but do sleepless like, nights. Yeah, I can do this. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Emotionally face yourself every day. Can you do that though? It was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know it was gonna be hard like that kind of hard, you know. <laughs> like, I had no idea it was gonna be that kind of hard. So, uh, way different than shoveling gravel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like I didn't realize that the the learning that would come from parenting on the, on that level, right? Yes. Um, but yeah, they really cause you to be in integrity with your own self if you wanna. If yeah. you want to have children that are integrity with themselves, right? Yeah, and if you want to build the life that you want for your kids. Like, for me, I went into private practice after I got pregnant, like, yeah. as, after I had Joni. But as soon yeah. as I got pregnant, I started to think about this. And I, I was like, oh, no, okay. Right. Something's got to shift. Which, again, it's not the most ideal time. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but like, shouldn't in, I have in, started in, this way before so it would be all set up and ready? So yeah. I could, yeah. Yeah, shouldn't I have done that so that yeah. I had the financial security? And, you know, yeah. there is a part of me, and I'm sure you, that's like, I need to be stable and secure for my children yeah. financially. And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, that's the smart thing. And that's the stuff that I know I've been told as a, a person, you yeah. know, when you become an adult, yeah. but when I became pregnant and even when I've had Joni now, for me, it's like life got really real. Like yeah. what life are, are you living now? Yeah. And, and what, who do you want to be for your child? Right. And what lifestyle do you want? And the same thing about living yeah. in integrity. And I think 
in reality, if we go inside when we have kids, we're actually being called to figure out who the heck we are. Totally. Yeah. Right. And you, you have, and sometimes we don't, and I'm not sure that we actually figure it out entirely. No. So I want to be clear that yeah. it's not like this linear process where you're like, <laughs> like this is who ah, I am. Got the answer. Done. Perfect. <laughs> it's, it's always changing. But <laughs> yeah. I think for me, it, as becoming a parent was the spiritual call to, to really figure out what matters to yeah. you yeah. and what are the things that you're willing to put your energy and time into and what things mm-hmm. are you not? Yeah. What people sure. are you willing to put your time and energy into? What people are you not? Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that um, parenthood has offered me, at least in yeah. the last year. Yeah, same here. That, and it's been an evolving process for eight years now where it's just slowly gets more, I don't know, it just evolves, I guess. But and then they start talking. And yeah, yeah, and then you look at these people with personalities, like, who are these people? They live in our house now. Triggering you, know? you left, right, and center. <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't know I was going to have to like face all the things I didn't face as a child again with my children. <laughs> Just like okay. Have you have you read the Conscious Parent? Yes, yeah, I love that book. That's a really wonderful book. I'm I'm in the process of reading it right now. Yeah, both me and my partner Tim are. Right, it's an amazing book. Yeah, it for me it was a huge. uh, I had heard uh, Dr. Shafali on Oprah's um, on one of her Sunday Soul Sunday Super Soul Sunday talks or something like that, and um, a friend of mine had given me the book before my children were born and then I read it uh I believe it was a year or two ago when I when I was facing a lot of uh my oldest son was I was feeling a lot of fear I think just yeah feeling a lot of fear and uh in ways that I I was afraid for him but afraid it was triggering my own my own experience right and so when I could what what she helped me do was really understand that you know like I'd shared with you is that it they they're here to help us heal and I can't see my children who they are if I'm stuck in my old trauma or my old pain Mm -hmm. right and he brought up a lot my oldest son brought up a lot of my old trauma and pain when he was you know four or five and it had nothing to do with him it was all about me. He was right? just being him. He was just being him. Mm-hmm. But my inability to accept myself caused me to, you know, in a sense, reject him. Not like I pushed him away and actually rejected him, but it would trigger me in a way that I couldn't no longer see him for who he is. Right. Create right? distance or judgment distance, or judgment, reaction, reaction. reactions and get, get me into that triggered state all mm-hmm. the time. Right. And when I could really understand like, oh, this is about healing me. Mm-hmm. All I have to do with him love and acceptance. That's it. That's all that he needs. He doesn't need to be told how to do it, what to do. That's all he wants is love and acceptance. And so if I can't do that with him, then what, what's in me that he's, you know, he's like prigging that thorn of, of rejection within my own self. And that's, you know, my own healing of my own story allows me to be closer with my children, which is like, who thought? <laughs> and also it, all the time on, <laughs> like yeah. an all the time process. Yeah, like 24, seven, <laughs> seven days a week, you know? Yeah. And that's a huge shift as a parent. I, th- mm-hmm. I think for all of us to understand is, is how our stuff shows up and how we parent Yeah. and how the thing that I, the piece that I've really been absorbing from that book is that our kids are themselves mm-hmm. and then we, we like to tell them who they are. Yeah. Right. So we'll be like, oh, you know, I'll say things and I'll catch myself. I'll say yeah. things like Joni's so social or Joni's so, but it's not, 
it's more about me defining who she is. Yeah. Like it's one thing to say like how your kid is, but it's right. another thing to be like, oh, she's so much like me in this way. Right. Or she's so much like you. It's like this binary thing where we compare our children to their parents. Yeah. And then I'll say, oh, she, or I'll say inside, not outside, but inside like, oh, she's doing that because I do that. And it's like, wait, no. Why, like, why am I looking at yeah. her through the lens of me? Yeah. When she's her own human mm-hmm. and she might not be anything like me right yeah or anything like tim or yeah. she's going to be a little bit you know it's yeah, yeah. Well, it's good that perception like if i think she's like me i'm going to see all the things that are like me, right? of course but i'm not actually seeing her that's, that's right you know the, it comes back to you know when you sent me the what we were gonna you know some of the questions that we might talk about today and it's like who are you and i'm like who am i and, uh, and that that question that you know it's something i challenge lots of my clients with to say like who are you you know and I'm like, okay, well, I'm this guy that, you know, here's all the things that I do. I run the Breast Integration Center. I'm a parent to a couple children. I'm a married man. You know, like, um, I, those are things that I do or things that I'm involved in. But who am I in essence? Yeah. And so when we talk about our children and we talk about that, uh, the way we see them, and how when, when we see them as us, we see them on one level. But when you have those moments where you just look at them and you like feel this like feeling of love that is like, it's not your eyes seeing that child, right? It's something that's running. Like it's, it's like you see them like a god, right? With the love of whatever god or spirit or what, like this beyond humanness that you see. And so when we can see with that, and I believe that, that that is like true love and acceptance for a child. It's not, I'm not seeing my child through my own story. I'm seeing them of the essence of what they are. And then that basically leaves them with no confines because they can be that. Right. And they're, but, and they're, they're, they're witnessed in that, yeah. which validates that. In itself. Yeah. Which that it doesn't try to contain them, which is, you know, when you ask me who I am, it's like, well, I'm, I, I'm an infinite being operating through this reflection of my body that that is me, right? That, that's ultimately who I am and the reflection of what I am and all these things that I do in my life are, are you know, part of my experience of the expression of, of what my life is going to be, right? And the expression of that being. Yeah, of the say? being, yeah. which is like the, the higher self. When we talk about breathwork, that what place I want to connect to, the, like, the manager of it all, the real manager, you know? And, and it's only in the last couple of years that I've really, like, even with my wife, I'm like, I know my wife, but I know, like, the, the version of her that she maybe presents to me or that I'm able to see. But it's like, I want to know, I want to know the infinite being that is my wife, right? Which I'm sure I do. But to, like, consciously want to connect on, on that level with our partner, with our children, with the people in our life, you know, it, it's like, how do I see not with the eye, but through the eye? Like, how do I see something bigger or more grand? And that, that's what opened up when you asked, who am I? I'm like, <laughs> like, oh, God, for a day and a half. I'm like, okay, like that, that's how I, that's the only way I could label myself is like who I am is like I'm that, that infinite being. And, and I think it's important for me to be able to connect to that place because that's the only way I could transcend, transcend all my conditioning, all the stories, all the, you know, that, that was part of the tool that I used to uh, feel safe enough to make any change in my life or to truly accept myself. So that's, so I'm going to, I'm going to dig in with this a bit because (laughs) this idea of higher self, God, um, higher being, 
essence. Like for some yeah. people, they're just like, yeah. right, oh, yeah. right away. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just like, it's, it's, it's shuts gone. It, off. it yeah. shuts off. Um, and not for me, but yeah. I, I know that this is a difficult thing because for some people, this feels like a flaky thing or yeah, something wooey. that it's wooey. Yeah. Um, but it's not because when we think about connecting with ourself and I know yeah. in our training, we talked a lot about this, like the yeah. things that we do that feel timeless, that feel like, like the, we've all had that feeling yeah. at some point where yeah. you're just like, I don't know how to explain it, but you're yeah. like, that's because you can't bring it to the mind level. Yeah, <laughs> you can. Okay, it. there you go. That's right. You can't. It's yeah. like this, this timeless connectedness, mm-hmm. this experience. You talked about it when we see our children Um, we can feel it when we're doing certain things. Sometimes I feel it when I'm working with people or playing yeah, music absolutely. or being yeah. out in nature. Yeah. Um, sometimes we feel it in meditation. Yeah. Um, but it's, we can call it God, yeah, right? Yeah, we can call it essence. We can call it higher self. But how do you bring this to the level of somebody that's showing up to you who hasn't had an experience of mm-hmm. like this higher being? Well, I feel like I can really relate to it because when I when I came to do breath work, one of the things you know, one of the teaching tools that they have is the Course in Miracles. That's Christian in statement, and so they started to talk about God, and when that practitioner would say god i would just like curl up and just want to run you know like i was just like ugh. dogmatic religion yeah exactly (laughs) right like oh this is this this story or this like you guys are believing a story about some guy that saved everybody sounds like bs to me Mm -hmm. right and so and then through my own process of of learning that and then um it's i guess the part of it is like we've all experienced it right We've all experienced some sort of echo within us that said, hey, how's this person doing? And then you like trip over them, like turning around the corner or like, you know, we've all had some sort of like thing. I was like, how did that actually happen? Everybody has a story where like, I have no idea how that happened. That's so weird. Or you know, multiple. Or multiple. Yeah, they like all every have year, m- multiple every stories yes. of, of it going over and over again, right? And so it's like, well, what is it? And the way I had to explain it for myself for a long time is like, it's science. It's like the law of the universe. It just works that way. But I wasn't going to call it God because it was too it's too dogmatic or, you know, like yeah. it just triggered so much, right? And so lately I'm, I'm doing these videos from, uh, so I'm sharing these lessons from The Course in Miracles. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then, and, and again, the book's Christian in Statement. So I say I'm going to do this. And then like every day I like open it up, I'm like, oh God, there's a God in that like three times. And I got to, <laughs> I said I was going to do this 10 minute talk on, on whatever this lesson is about God. And I'm like thinking like, what does my family think? Oh God, he's on, he's on social media talking about God every day. Like what happened to Corey, you know? So I, it makes me so uncomfortable and, but it's like, but at the same time, it's so like, call it the divine, call it whatever. Like, I don't know how to not make it wooey, but then like, it's also where so much of the power of healing occurs, you know, like to deny it, you know, first, like for, uh, I just read, uh, Eben Alexander's proof of heaven and he's a, a neuroscientist that, uh, went into a coma for a week, was totally brain dead. And, um, for seven days he was somewhere else and he came back fully healed and it, and like, as far as science, even how he got, um, how he contracted the illness, 
how his brain, the part of his brain that shut down, like every, there was, there was no reason why he should have got the illness. There's no reason why he should have recovered the way he did. You know, like nothing was explainable yet. He, you know, he had this experience and here he's a neuroscientist, a brain surgeon, all these things. He's like, this occurred. And it basically what it did, all the ways science explained what happens when we go into these states to like say, oh, it's just our hallucinations and da da da. The list that he used to say to people when they would say, oh, I had this experience. He'd be like, oh, well, that was just this. He's like, it basically crossed off every single thing on my list that I would, how I would explain away what was happening, you know? And so after reading that book and, and just like trying, cause I could never really fully digest this idea that if I'm, you know, the course of miracles talks, there's no birth, there's no death. We are eternal We're there's no beginning. There's no end. We're just like, this is my coat as Corey today. And if I die, I take my coat off and I'm just somewhere else. And you know, that's a big commitment to, to say, <laughs> or to like really align with and stand behind. Yeah. But for me, again, it's the thing that makes it, it allows, it makes sense to me it brings me more peace it's easy for me to transcend my conditioning to not be locked down by my healing or by my lack of healing to like because there's a bigger picture at work here right and that we have access to that bigger picture because it exists yeah. within us and it is us right so i think being hopeful or having hope is such an important thing in our lives yeah. and for individuals that are really bogged down with things like depression or anxiety yeah. or labels yeah. around mental illness or um, conditions mm -hmm. that they've been struggling with yeah hopelessness is a big part of that yeah feeling and like you are this person this label this is it and this is my story this is where i and so i am my trauma yeah, right yeah, yeah. and that there's no way for me to be anything other than this. But right. when we think about the fact that there's that level of the self, there's the yeah. layer of conditioning, the way in which we act in the world, there's the level of the self where we're thinking, you know, we have our rational, not always rational, but cognitive yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah. um, but that there's actually a, there's more than just this, but that there's also, there's a layer there's behind that. There's another layer behind it. Yes. Yeah. And so I think that, I, for a long time, I would always say like, if it's all wooey and BS and you're happier and you die and the lights just go off, then whoop de do right? <laughs> like, or I could be, I could be stuck in my, my pain and my suffering and not set myself free and be believe because of my story, I'm not worthy of love. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I, I don't get the opportunity and I don't have the, like, well, like what he came back with, even Alexander from that book was what his summary was that basically you're loved unconditionally. So that love that I talked to you about seeing for our children, well, I'm not seeing, it's not me that's offering that love to the children to, or to my child. It is the truth of who that child is, is loved no matter what. Right. And so if I come through a story of trauma or pain or where I was rejected by my family or something like that, it, it transcends that to say that you're loved no matter what your human experience says. Now, it also says, you, he, the other part he said was, you have nothing to fear. Basically, there's nothing to be afraid of. And if, if we live from that place of believing that, okay, I'm just going to take this coat off and I'm going to be somewhere else anyways, takes away a lot of the urgency in our life or the, the, you know, the fear-based way that we live. Like, like that if this doesn't end, yeah. is that what you mean? Like if, if this yeah. life doesn't necessarily end here and that yeah. our essence or our being is a continuum. Is a continual kind of thing. Right. Then, then what's, what's to fear, right? Why wouldn't I just live my life to the fullest in whatever way that I could? 
because, you know, because, well, I got nothing to fear, right? Oh, interesting. And so then I'm the essence or the, yeah. the what you're talking about, seeing our children and like feeling that experience, yeah. what we call love. Yeah. Um, is actually just them being themselves. Yeah. And so that love exists as a base, like basic for all, like we yeah. are love. Is yeah. that what you're that saying? Essentially like, that that is, that is like, there's certain things that in my mind allow me to connect to that. But that thing is there no matter what, whether mm-hmm. I connect to it or not. Or whether right? I label it as Whether love I label or it or not, whether I say I love my child or whether I say he's an awful child. You know, that doesn't actually decide what he is. Therefore, that's the same thing as occurring for me, right? So then I can't, there's no, there's no even though the experience is, oh, my parents don't love me or it was an ideal, you know, situation I grew up in, but that doesn't change whether I'm loved or not, right? right? And so if I can connect to that higher essence of love, which is what happens with breathwork, yoga, meditation, we, we remember Counseling like, oh, or, right, there is yeah. nothing to fear. I'm okay right in here. There's a, there's a beautiful house right inside my heart that I'm free, that, that isn't conditioned, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when we, when we can connect to that place, it's like, it's just a way more peaceful experience. Yeah, and it's, it's such a validating experience, and that's when we get, maybe the word addicted isn't the word, but like where we, then we get called back again yeah. and again and yeah. again to this practice. I mean, yeah. like that's how I came to this place as right. a counselor yeah. was because I started doing yoga at 17 years old, right. dealing with all sorts of, you know, body issues, body dysmorphia, eating yeah. disorder stuff. And then I start fi- I started to find this place within myself that felt okay. And mm-hmm. if it was only for a minute, that was yeah. okay. It was a minute, oh, a right? Breath yeah, a breath. And you're okay. like, oh, wow, actually, like, yeah. I kind of love myself in this moment, or I'm okay yeah. with myself, or yeah. I'm accepting myself. And then that's that's the call to the journey. Oh, mm-hmm. there's more there. Yeah, I can I can investigate. And then yeah. I think the biggest challenge for us as humans is actually getting past that place of cognition. Yeah, that place of defining our experience, that place of uh, living as if we are our trauma, as if we are our past or our body, our even. body. Yes, yeah. or our body. That's yeah. a huge one. Our pain that we're experiencing physically yeah. or the way that we look. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's be real that space is really difficult to get out of very and for some people more than others depending on the types of things that you've experienced in in your body in your life yeah so you know it's not this easy thing for all of us where we're like oh connected to higher self feeling Mm -hmm. divine god is with me (laughs) let's go (laughs) yeah it's been my most uncomfortable part of my life that journey to finding that because it does mean we have to you know we have to face whatever we're afraid of we have to look at whatever our pain is right Mm -hmm. but when we realize like, what's the alternative? I'm either condemned by my, by my pain or my pain is my like doorway to peace or freedom. Right. Mm -hmm. And most people don't go on a healing journey because they're like bored on a Sunday afternoon. Most people go on a healing journey because they're locked in pain or suffering in some form. Right. right? And so, you know, it's, it's not, none of it is easy, you know, staying stuck in it's not easy. Go learn yeah. through it's not easy exactly but who said that we were supposed to it's supposed to be easy right? no I think suffering that's, is a definite. part of the part of the human experience yeah. right and and it's the acceptance of whatever our experience is so that we can uh transcend it on some level to to get to that that place of hopefully more harmony and more peace is 
the goal. Know, I think the goal, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. The acceptance <clears throat> piece, man. Like that is that is difficult. And, and in counseling, I don't know if you experienced this. And it's the message that I hate to give. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Where you're like, okay, so what if we were to move into a place of accepting this, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Chronic pain or that this trauma happened yeah. or, you know, that you're mm-hmm. feeling shitty about yourself. What if we just like, instead of avoiding it and pushing it away what if we just like created a little bit of space here beside us Mm -hmm. or like feeling like we need to change it yes yes because that is like it's that's it it's like oh i have these negative thoughts like okay well how do i counter them with positive thoughts like well no if i have this pain it's like oh i have to acknowledge that i have pain because chances are that somebody couldn't be there for me or be that compassionate person that i needed and so I have to learn to be that for myself, right? Yes. That accepting part of it. It's like, oh, this is my story. This is my experience. And I can wish to have someone else's story or someone else's experiences, but that doesn't, you know, um, Gerald John Paul, no, was it the forgiveness book? Was it Gerald John Polsky? I can't remember who wrote the book on forgiveness, but it's like my favorite statement of what, of forgiveness is giving up the hope for a different past. Ooh, I like that. And so like no longer hoping it happened differently mm-hmm. and just like finding forgiveness and like forgiveness is like your pathway to acceptance, right? It's just like, oh, if I can just forgive whatever that experience is, if I can give up my hope for a different past and be in what is now is like the, you know, I, that's just such a beautiful, like giving up hope for a different past. And, and it's a perfect explanation of finding forgiveness, which leads to acceptance so that we can, you know, work from where we are, not Corey, that's beautiful. We, we need to find out what book that is so I can put it yeah, in the so notes. Yeah, so it is the book of forgiveness and I believe it's Gerald John Polsky, but... I'll look it up and put yeah, it in the yeah, show notes. I think that's correct. Yeah, that's so profound. And you know, I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been listening to a podcast called Bliss and Grit. Yeah. And it's um, two counselors, but also somatic experiencing practitioners and they yeah. do, um, they have a podcasts on lots of different things but one of the things that they've talked about recently is this obsession that we have with changing like growth right especially in the counseling psychology world where it's like oh so what is it that you're experiencing anxiety depression okay so let's do some cognitive restructuring (laughs) so we can change these thoughts and we can you know, like th- there's one thing about getting people to a place of stability for sure. Yeah. And there's things that we can do to support that. But yeah. I am just not sold uh-huh. on this thing about, and I say this a lot to the clients and people I work with. It's like, I'm just not sold that we can affirm our way out of things. Right. And I'm just not sold that we should focus on the thoughts that we're trying to change. Right. Yeah. I think we should accept them. Don't, but, but like yeah. focusing to try to like spray them with, um, what's it called um, when you're trying to get rid of vermite and stuff oh, like yeah, that yeah, like, yeah, like pesticide. pesticide you're like yeah. okay that, that that really crappy thought I don't right. want it we're gonna yeah. get rid of it I'm yeah when change. you look at this, gonna... so that's that's like that's almost like western medicine stuff yes. right like how do we cut that tumor out yes versus go okay this is the this is like this is the result the pain's back here and it comes out as this expression so how do we get back to the basis of the pain so that we can find acceptance and forgiveness with it, then the expression of, of who I am, you know, is different. Yes. And so I, I only think of that in a way of like, I really noticed it. So for my 39th year, I decided to quit alcohol, to like let go of alcohol. So I'm a year and a half 
that I, since that I, I let that go. And what I really realized when I let go of alcohol was how, um, how much it was a medication for pain, right? So whether it was physical pain, emotional pain, like I thought, you know, I started drinking in high school on weekends and, and really just continued that pattern because I just thought that, well, that's what we did. We just drank on weekends, right? Yeah. Like it was just party time. That's how and you cut loose. Yeah, and went through times where I probably drank more and, and drank less. And, but I really noticed in the last year and a half that it was just like, it just wasn't serving me f the way I was using alcohol. And so when I let it go, I realized like, oh, it's, it was, it's medicine for pain. And then I have a family that, you know, that's how we get together. We get together and we have drinks, you know. And I see like, oh, like I could really start to see the pain that everybody was medicating. And then really noticing like how many men that are, you know, in midlife, my age, in my group of friends, like how many of them don't have some sort of, it's either weed by the day or every other day and, or alcohol, at least a drink or two, right? It's like, oh, so we're all medicating some sort of pain. And what, when I decided to let it go, it was actually quite easy for me. Uh, I mean, it, there was times that were harder that I felt like I really connected to a lot. I'm actually more of an anxious person than I thought I was and really had this learning that occurred for me. But, but what I realized was that because of the, the work that I've been doing for so long when I let it go, it wasn't that challenging. Like I was like, okay, I've been, I've been managing my pain or learning to deal with my pain, learning to accept myself. And so when I let it go, it, was, it was, wasn't that challenging. But to, uh, to really understand that, oh, these people are, are, there's pain there, right? And so when people are like, oh, I want to, you know, whether it's, you know, it's New Year's, so it's like people are changing their bodies, they're changing their food, you know, but they're, they're trying to eliminate or eliminate bad food or eliminate alcohol or eliminate drugs, but they're not managing the pain. And so what happens is the pain shows up and then it's like, oh, I got to, why do we go back to our stuff? Well, because we haven't managed it from the, from the source, right? That's right. Yes. And which is a huge part of just ex, uh, like acceptance is such as acceptance and forgiveness. Those two things, Kyle and I have just, you know, we've been talking in probably the last five days, she's had something come to her about forgiveness every single day. And she's like, okay, I guess that's the theme of 2020 is of <laughs> acceptance and forgiveness. And just, I like that theme. I'm, I'm on it. Yeah. Acceptance and forgiveness. Yeah. Because it's such a beautiful thing to understand that if I feel any sort of desire to make someone wrong or, or uh, attached to some form of suffering, it's due to some form of lack of forgiveness or acceptance of what is right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, when we, I think when we heal from that level, then the symptoms that show up later are just, they're, they're just not as big or dramatic or they're way more manageable when you yes. come back to that, that root cause rather than trying to change it on the symptom level to say, yeah, you need to change your thoughts. So it's like, or I understand, okay, what are the conditions that created this thought so that I can change the soil in the garden rather than try and change the fruit once it's already grown? Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Yes, I, I totally, I agree with that 100%. And I think that that, for me personally, on my journey, that has been the learning that I've gone through. Like I've done counseling where I've focused on my habits and my thoughts and, and you know, I'm not getting anywhere. All it created was more hate for my past, more yeah. hate for the people that created pain within me. Yeah. And more frustration with myself for not being able to change my habits. Yeah. And feeling even more fucked up because I'm like, 
look, I'm a broken person. Yeah. <laughs> I have all these intentions yeah. to change these, all these things. things and I it's need like, to fix and it's so hard. It's so hard and I'm not fixing them and I keep <laughs> yeah. failing. And then I started, pers- my journey was, you know, there's yoga and meditation, but then I started doing things like somatic experiencing, which is yeah. a type of a nervous system therapy right. that really changes just the way your nervous system functions. Right. And um, EMDR, which is a therapy that I do with clients, yeah. which is, again, it's it's changing the soil. It's changing the programming. It's It's... What happens in EMDR is people, through the process of EMDR, start to have forgiveness for these experiences that they identified as painful and these right. experiences that we've identified as being the creation or the creator of these cognitive patterns. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. it always comes back to some sort of trauma. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for me, that was the key. Right. And then all of a sudden, I start looking at my life and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that thing anymore. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and then it happens without thinking. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah. And I'm not, it's not forceful. And right. it's like my life has changed in these small ways because mm-hmm. the pain has changed. Yeah. And it, like, I, I think our life can actually be really easy mm-hmm. when we, when we hit it from that level. And one of the biggest things that I always share when I came through my, when I did my self-empowerment training, uh, 20 years ago, I remember going to my parents' house for dinner after, and I sat in that room my whole family was there and I looked and like they were different people. I was sitting in a room with different people. Nobody did any work except me. And it was just like, how are all these people so different? I was like, oh, because I healed something in me. And that's how like, it's like, oh, we change the world by doing our own healing because we will live in a different world when we don't have that same pain that we, we've had in the past. And it was, it was just so bizarre. It was mind blowing to me because I was just like, what? These people are so different. Nobody changed except me. And we focus so much, you know, when we're not in that place on like, you know, our partners or our yeah. family. Like, well, it was oh, a they really do- like a, it's a helpless way to try and be like, you need to be different. I need to set boundaries with you. And, you know, there's a big thing about boundaries and all this stuff that people, you know, that I see a lot on social media and stuff like that. It's like learning to set boundaries. And those are all important things, but those are all like the chicken or the dog barking, Right. When I realized like, oh, I needed to set that boundary within me, then all of a sudden I wouldn't even have to set it out there because those people would walk up and they go, oh, that's his edge. I know where his boundary is. He doesn't even have to tell me. Yes. Right? Yes. And so it's, it's less of that external, you need to change and, you know, all that and, and really that change within and then naturally people just know, right? Yeah, because you're the changed. The way you hold yourself. Yes. You're just different. Right. And people, and we have mechanisms within ourselves, our physiology, yeah, um, that, that picks up on that stuff, people right? read that stuff. That's exactly. Always your body language. Yeah. yeah. So, and, yeah. So like the identify the, you know, the like creating the wrong partner in our life or having a parent that's always stepping on our toes. You know, it's like we can try and get, pick the right person in our life or we can try and make our parents change or our family change. But you know, that's, that's a very like, that's like standing on the, on the bridge and trying to change the river versus like being the river and, and just changing the path that you're on. Then all of a sudden you don't go under that bridge anymore. You know, it's like this ability to, to get so much done but it has to, you have to do it in here. You have is, to do it inside. <laughs> which is facing yourself. Which, which is, is very difficult. <laughs> <laughs> and I think lots of people start on a healing journey and they're like, okay, I'm going to have my six sessions or my three sessions or whatever it is. And I'm going to get this, fix this little problem within me and, and away I go. And it's like, oh, like 
just a heads up, I've been at it for 20 years and I'm not, <laughs> and I'm not fixed yet. I'm way happier yeah. and I don't feel like I'm broken anymore. Yeah. But the journey has been, and maybe it's not lifelong for everybody, but it's a practice, my own though. experience is it's, it's a total practice. And it's yeah. not until I commit to the committed to the practice that things actually start to change. You yeah. know? It's like, what's the next book to read? It's like, well, what if the first book I read, what if I just mastered and practiced the one book? <laughs> you know, I probably would have been way ahead rather than reading 60 books, all telling me the same information, me hoping that there's like some hack, some easy way to do it, some way around doing the real work, which yeah. is, you know, consistently facing yourself and, and realizing like, I wake up afraid every day. I tell that to my clients all the, all the time. I wake up afraid every single day, no matter how much I connect to love the day before and I align with peace and I align with all the good stuff, I wake up the next morning and I'm paralyzed with fear again. And I have to sit with myself and I have to work at diminishing the fear and I work at welcoming the love or the light back into my life so that I can feel peace today. I know tomorrow I'm going to wake up afraid again. And when I can accept that, I don't feel like, oh, I'm not getting it. When's this going to go away? When am I not going to have to deal with my ego? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, okay, it's the conditioning. I'm afraid. I'm going to wake up afraid. I'm going to manage it as best I can, go to sleep tonight, and probably wake up afraid again tomorrow. Yes, yes. <laughs> and you know what? It sounds like I've had people say to me, oh, that just sounds depressing. To me, it sounds like freedom. Freedom, absolutely. It's freedom because you know, you know, I know too, after years of doing this work, I'm still anxious, yeah. you know, or whatever we want to call it, fearful. I, yeah. I still have the same hangups yeah. that I did before I put all the money into the counseling and the books and the yeah. podcast yeah. and the master's degree. Yeah. But the thing is now it doesn't, I'm not ashamed by it. Yeah. It doesn't define me. No. And I know it's coming. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, hello. Yeah. Here I it see is. you there. Hi there. There you go. <laughs> Thanks for the information. <laughs> oh, that's you again. Yeah. Here we go. And, yeah. and it's, it, it's a practice, like we said. It's something that you deal with for the rest of your life. And, yeah. and like this is, again, the bad news or good news, whatever mm -hmm. you want to say, that I, I bear to the people I work with. It's like, it's work. It's yeah. uncomfortable. You're going to deal with it for the rest yeah, of your you life. Yeah, never go away. Like, and acceptance is a big part yeah. of it. And they're like, so I'm paying you <laughs> to tell me yeah. that this is it? <laughs> this is it. Yeah, but it's not it because you can go no. inside. And, and yeah. I also wanted to say for those listening that there's there's many ways to get to that deeper pain so right many, and so many everybody tries to to sell or there's a lot of things selling like this is the way yeah. to to heal yourself and and i've found many different modalities yeah um you know yoga meditation emdr somatic yeah. experiencing satir therapy that yeah. we did there's yeah. and there's more there's right. so much more yeah. there's and we all have our own journey and path to that we can take to uncover yeah. that pain. So there's no yeah. one way to do it. No. And that's the, that's the great thing is that there's, I mean, <laughs> like there's, there's, there's so much pain in the world and there's so much love in the world. Right. And there's so many different pathways through. And I think that that is our journey is like understanding our pain and then finding our pathway to freedom with our pain. Mm -hmm. And everybody has a different path that they're going to take. And some are correct for some people and some are not correct. And that's a, there's a really beautiful movement, I think, of just like this opening up to mental health and understanding like if we don't have our mental health. We, what do we have? Right. We don't have anything. It's like it's totally normal for me to pay for my whole life to have a gym membership. But for people to normally like to, to normalize the fact that you may have to go and see somebody or you may have to do some form of mental health for your entire life 
is that's not a normal thing for people yet. No, you must be really screwed up. Yeah. Right. Even if you're going to counseling. Yeah. Well, that's you what, must be really messed that's what up. I say. I'm like, I've been doing this for 20 years and I, and I'm like, so I'm either the most messed up guy in the room <laughs> and, but I got lots to offer cause I, <laughs> cause I've worked <laughs> through a lot of stuff, you know, or, or I'm the smartest guy in the room. That's like, Hey, I'm going to proactively focus on my mental health so that I can, and can grow beyond my own limitations or yeah. my own, you know, conditioning or my own story. But I think that as there, be, I believe that there's a younger group of, of people coming up that it's like, it's cool to say, Hey, my therapist told me, or, you know, like it's, it is. it's really, ex- yes. it's not shunned. Like, oh, you're going to a therapist. Like, Oh really? Like, Oh, what did they give you? You know, like it's an exciting thing to understand that, Oh, Hey, like it's okay to invest in your mental health. And I, I always think of this story, Kyle and I were driving like these awful old vehicles yet we were spending you know three or four hundred dollars a month on on mental health at the beginning of our relationship and and i i just remember it because for lots of people it comes up you know my practice is all privately funded you have to pay for your own you know your own your own work and but i remember that for me it was like well i can be happy driving my old 1990 dodge diesel pickup and feel fulfilled and not or and invest in me, or I can invest in a nice new pickup and feel like I'm not not worthy to drive it, you know? Yes. And so I, I think as that shifts, that people understanding the value in investing in their own mental health, which I, I believe is occurring, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a beautiful thing because because uh, what are we without our own mental health? We're, you know, if we can't see, if that's the lens we put on every single day, if we can't see a clear world or a loving world around us, then it doesn't matter how much stuff we have or yeah and then what look what happens to the world right so it, yeah. it has a ripple effect as yeah, well absolutely yeah um so i'm just being conscious of our time we still yes. have more time okay. but don't worry okay um but there's a few things that i want to get to okay okay yeah um so can you talk about a challenge that you might be experiencing or is there a question that you really want to talk about that i gave you that you're um, feeling like you felt like mm, i want to talk about this um I don't, I, I mean, I can talk about a challenge, a challenge if you want that I'm easy. I, I like, I, I like the idea of they all kind of lead to the same thing. All the yeah. questions you ask me. So, okay. So the two questions that I'm really interested <laughs> yeah. in, and maybe we only have time for one yeah. is a challenge that you're dealing with right now and mm-hmm. how you're working through it mm-hmm. or what you think our biggest challenge is as a community society and our way forward. Right. Okay. So I'll talk about the one challenge I face every single day. Okay. And it's the one challenge that I think we're facing as a society moving forward. Okay. And it's the thing that I'm passionate about. So. Okay. Let's do it. You got it. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. <laughs> so I got it all. So um, I think that the challenge that I work on or the thing that I face is, you know, what I, what I shared with you. I wake up afraid every single day. Afraid of what? I wake up afraid whether it's... Uh, do, am I going to have enough money? Am I yes, okay. going to be, am I providing my children with the skills that they need to be the confident, loving men that I would love for them to be? Am I, uh, let's see, finances, children, am I spending enough time at home? Am I spending enough time in my business? Am I doing it right? Just you doubt, know, fear. All of it, just all yeah. of that fear-based thinking. Okay. And so uh, that's a challenge that I face every single day. And I, and I do have a practice every single day of working at waking up, feeling afraid, giving myself at least sometimes the kids are blowing around. Like I'm not sitting quietly in a room meditating most of the time. I'm, you know, in the middle of getting ready for school and life. And I, I sit down and the kids understand, oh, dad's doing his reading. That's what I do. I sit down and I do my reading and I focus on removing that fear, whatever it is. 
So is it a meditation? It's like- it's a meditation. It's a reading from the Course of Miracles, which is some form of base basis on, you know, that book is the diminishment of fear and uh, aligning with love. Is that a book people can access? The Course yeah, of Miracles. Yeah, the Course of Miracles, and so okay. it has a 365 day workbook, and that's what I've been. I'm on like a year, just about a year and a half of it. That I've been every day. There's a, a different lesson, and it's essentially a different form of taking our thought system, which is fear-based and our conditioning and everything in our world around us is all fear-based. I'm not enough kind of the advertising. So, you know, so it's basically taking that old conditioning and, and shifting it into a a basis of love, looking at I'm supported, I'm loved, everything's going to work out. I'm safe. I'm, you know, all the, you know, so the diminishment of fear and the injection of love. And so that's what I work on within myself every single day. And uh, for a long time in my life, I felt like uh, a lot of, like I was trying to make life happen. I was trying to make my business happen. I had to like make the world happen. And it all came from fear, mm-hmm. right? Because if I didn't make the world happen, then what, right? right? If I don't give my children the right skills, then what? So shifting that thought system to love says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to focus on what I'm afraid of today. And I'm going to imagine it absorbed with love or uh, with P, I'm going to dissolve that fear and then I'm going to go throughout my day. And so coming down to like waking up every day, what am I afraid of? I don't have to look at this giant picture of what I need to achieve later in life. Am I doing it right? Am I enough? Mm-hmm. I know that if I can regulate my fear-based thinking today, then I'm going to be set up in the best way I can for tomorrow. Because when I come from love, I make really wise choices. I make really supportive choices that are for me, for the environment, for my community, for my children, for my family. And when I come from fear, I don't always make those kind of choices. Mm-hmm. And so what, it, what has had to happen is I've had to dissolve the long-term picture or the, I, the, the fear-based track and, and really bring it down to like looking at my feet where they are right now and ask, how do I dissolve that fear today? And really, that is what I feel passionate about. That's beautiful, Corey. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm like sitting here (laughs) and really absorbing this because, Mm -hmm. you know, I also I'm as all of us do. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I've been in that place many times every day. Right. right? And and you're right. I, I hear you saying like when we make choices from a place of love or I, you know, as you're saying love, I'm thinking of, of groundedness or yeah. like being yeah. in myself or yeah. in, which is presence, you know, presence love, it, yeah. it's or God or whatever yeah, yeah. that we choose so differently. Right. And when I have that mm-hmm. trust about my business that I'll have clients or that, you know, yeah. um, I, my day is so different, Yeah, you're free, but right? the days that I wake up and I'm like, Oh God, I have to like write more blog posts or do more marketing or I'm um, yeah. like, I'm a horrible mother or yeah. whatever. Then yeah. you're just like, your day is ruined because yeah, you're absolutely. just in such a stress state. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tricky because, um, even, you know, with this training that we're coming out that we're presenting, there's a lot of things that need to happen. And I, I sometimes I get afraid, right? I'm like, am I doing all the right things? And then I, I'm like, oh, I can dissolve the fear and I'm at peace now. And it's like, oh, but am I not? My ego pops in like, oh, but are you not worried about the things you're supposed to be worried about? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so, um, but really that's like the essence of what uh, everything that I do from. So this comes from like what I feel passionate about is dissolving fear with my clients that come work with me, the 
trainings that we teach, it's all about dissolving this fear-based mindset and operating from a place of abundance, of, of f- fullness, of like that the, the, uh, the universe is how I see it. So if I see it as an abundant, full, loving space, then that is the experience that I'm going to have in it. And so when we, you know, when we start to shift that within ourselves and we run a business that looks at the world that way, then we have clients that get to shift that within themselves and then they get to shift that within their families. And, you know, it just becomes this big movement of, of dissolving fear and injecting love. And mm-hmm. I think that's the root of, you know, so much pain is that is the obsession with fear or the, the, the fear that's been conditioned into everything and all of us and every part of us this belief that we're not enough and yet on the other side of it the truth is is that we are enough and Mm -hmm. we are whole and the universe is abundant even if our experience hasn't isn't providing that for us right now or it doesn't feel like it's providing that for us or in the past it didn't or in the past it didn't Right. right and and so as you know as i dissolve that fear I, I do get to see from the present moment which is the present truth that I live in an abundant universe and I have an abundant life and um, you know I'm already full I don't need to strive for anything other than you know that, that's the realization it's like I don't need to strive for anything other than finding peace again today right. <laughs> finding peace again tomorrow and being you and being like, me and being and that, that you. is like that is my only job is to be that free expression of me mm-hmm. And so that's kind of an after factor. That's what occurs when we dissolve the fear. We become us, right? We become who we are. And that's, so there's Eben Alexander's book. And then Anita Morjani was dying to be me. And she had a really similar experience. I've heard of this book. Yes. And so her, her message that she came back with is like, your only job is to be you in this universe. And then, then even Alexander's were like, you're unconditionally loved. You have nothing to fear. And I wish I could remember the third one. You know, nothing to fear. You're unconditionally loved. And maybe it was along the lines of your, your job is to be you, you know, your, to be your uninhibited expression of you. And when we align to that stuff, it's just like you can feel it in the room right now. It's just like ah, freedom, right? Freedom. And so being free from the confines of whatever our conditioned mind tells us, that's, that's my goal. That's my passion. That's what I you know, I hope to provide a space for my clients to find that within themselves yeah. with the work that, that I do. I hope that for my children, that they can feel free to be them. Like, you know, if you think of like, I feel like I'm really starting to understand this at 40. I'm like, well, what if I knew this as a child? What if I knew this? What if I knew I, what if I could be free for my whole experience? Then what would that be like, you know? And so my hopes is to offer a piece of that to my children and, and to the people that I get to work with. And then there's, like you said, it's just such a ripple effect Yeah. in our communities and our yeah. lives. Yeah. I, it's so, it's so beautiful to hear you have such a beautiful way of speaking about this stuff, Corey. Oh, and thanks. I, and I think a lot of people need to hear this, even if it makes them a little bit uncomfortable mm-hmm. to talk about some of these things that we, you know, God, yeah. <laughs> higher self, we, had to go there. <laughs> we, we have to, yeah. we have to, because mm-hmm. it's out there and, and you see it on your Facebook feed. People yeah. are posting stuff about it. We're in a time where we're being called to really look at this stuff, whether it's our mental health, whether it's spirituality, you know, I see it. I don't think it's just in the people I hang out with. I think no. we're actually in a world now <laughs> yeah. where this, this conversation's coming up and I, I, we need to dive into it. So I so appreciate you going there with me and mm-hmm. sharing your experience and your passion. And so if people are interested in connecting with you, yeah. 
Um, how can they do that? So I know you're on social media. I am on social media. What's I'm, your Instagram handle? My Instagram is just Corey, at Corey Erlinson. And uh, so I'm there, uh, Corey Erlinson on Facebook. I have like my normal page and then I have like a business page for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that I do all my, uh, like I do 10 minute, like six days a week. I do a 10 minute little blog post about whatever way I'm removing fear from myself that day and it's focusing great. on injecting love. So yeah. thank you. So uh, there's, there's that. And then we also have Breath Integration has a page on there. And and breath integration camloops.ca is okay. the um, the website for the business that I run. So, okay. and there's many ways to access me, and you can message me or however you like. Yeah, perfect. And uh, the podcast isn't up and going right now. No, we haven't been consistently rocking it. That's not to say it's not a going to happen again. Okay, but yeah, it is called Be a Man Podcast. There's a few episodes on there. We're just talking about. You know, it could sound like be a man, but it's, you know, it's talking about the other, other today's man of what we're, you know, the expectations that we have upon ourselves or, um, you know, the, I guess the diverse, the, the, the change that's occurring for women and men, it's probably too late to get into this, but you know, yeah. uh, under, yeah, it's about talking about just being a man today and, and the, you know, the emotional grounds that, um, we're all in and yeah. Cool. That is something that, you know, maybe if I have you on again, we can dig yeah. into. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my first episode with my friend Garrett, he talks a lot about toxic masculinity. Yeah. And um, I've recently had, a, a, I wouldn't say big, but I've had young men coming to my practice yeah. for support. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing to see these young men that are like, I am going to get in touch with my emotions, right. heal yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah. And so there's a huge need. So I'm going to challenge yeah. you guys. I know you're doing, do you do okay. it with a friend? Yeah. 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 You guys need to get that back up and okay. going. There's a huge right. need for it. it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of men that want to be having this conversation. Yeah. And I just, I see it everywhere right now right. with the awesome. men that I'm talking to. Yeah. So yeah. And I've got a ton of men into my practice recently too. So there's definitely a movement here happening where the, yeah. the men are starting to join the table yeah <laughs> self-help and uh personal development personal growth whatever you want to call yay it. so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. okay great awesome. thank you so much for coming on today thank you so much it's for having a pleasure <laughs> well there you had it folks you made it all the way to the end of today's episode i am flattered no, but for real, thanks for listening. Uh, you can see a video version of this podcast up on YouTube. My uh, YouTube channel is Deandre Day Therapy. Uh, also, if you want to follow Corey, I will spell out his name for you. It's Corey, C-O-R-Y, Erlinson, E-R-L-A-N-D-S-O-N. His Instagram handle is at Corey Erlinson. You can find his website at breathintegrationcamloops.ca. And that is a wrap. Have a wonderful day.